Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Good afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, coming to you as always from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. For more information, you can log on to their website, pearlriverresort.com. But do yourself a favor, visit them in person, check out the sports book at the Golden Moon. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from C Spire, backed by world-class IT experts who live where you do. That's right here in C Spire country. For more information, online, cspire.com slash business. I don't know that we're going to have a normal show this week. Uh, We have not for the first couple of days, and uh, right now we need to give you some weather information as we get things started on this Wednesday. We've got uh, multiple tornado warnings that are in effect here in the state of Mississippi. We'll just kind of walk through what those are uh, right now and try and give you the best information that we've got. There is a tornado warning for Wayne County, which is um, uh, it expires 22 minutes from now. About 15 minutes ago, a severe thunderstorm capable of producing a tornado was located 10 miles southeast of Goodwater, 10 miles northwest of Waynesboro, and it was moving to the northeast at 40 miles per hour. So there you're talking about in the, uh, what, southeastern part of the state or east-central part of the state moving to the northeast toward Alabama. So heads up in Wayne County. There is a tornado warning um, that started about 15 minutes ago and will expire about an hour from now for Clark County, Mississippi as well. Severe thunderstorm capable of producing a tornado located 10 miles southeast. Okay, that's the same one. Sorry, that's the uh, that's the same one. So same area, Clark County, Wayne County. And then you've also got one that uh, expires in about 10 minutes um, near Madisonville, Louisiana, Covington, Louisiana, moving northeast at 50 miles per hour. So that's St. Tammany Parish in Louisiana and Pearl River County in Mississippi, uh, tornado warning that is happening there. It appears and that for what all it's of worth, the others um, have expired in Mississippi. Yeah, and for what it's worth, that one uh, seems to be 
more serious than the others. Uh, okay. The meteorologists that I see here are saying that there is a tornado radar confirmed on the ground. Okay. Uh, so, so not just a warning, but they see it based on their images that one is going to cross the Pearl River and head towards just outside of Picayune, but if you're in Picayune or the area, just to be safe, go ahead and get into your safe place now because they are, as of two minutes ago, saying that there is a tornado on the ground about to cross into Mississippi and uh, the good little town of Picayune. So we're talking southwest Mississippi. Um, Is that right? Yes. Uh, Yeah, so you are... Yeah. You're you're right on. So Picayune is um, just up the Pearl River, uh, say from Bay St. Louis, right there on the border. Obviously, if it's crossing okay. from Louisiana in. Yeah. I, okay. I said Southwest Mississippi. I was looking more over like south of Natchez. So you've actually got to come farther east along the coast and down into those coastal counties. So it's kind of where Louisiana, uh, the the boot part of Louisiana, comes up uh, against Mississippi. You're talking about moving into the uh, the state of Mississippi there as well. Mm-hmm. And there is a, I said everything else that expired, there actually is a tornado warning that lasts for about five more minutes um, for Forest and Lamar counties. Uh, thunderstorm capable of producing a tornado was located near Oak Grove uh, or West Hattiesburg and moving to the northeast at 45 miles an hour. So that's Pine Belt area uh, we're talking about there. So weather situation in Mississippi. As we uh, we deal with a, a rain-soaked state, uh, it is raining in North Mississippi. There's a cold front that is making its way through as well, and we got a mess, kind of all over the state. So is that everything right now that is active? I think you've got it covered, yeah. All right, Borky, they've actually updated uh, the tornado warning for the area that you were talking about just uh, a moment ago. So St. Tammany Parish... Hancock County, Pearl River County in Mississippi, a tornado-producing storm was located near Bush or 10 miles west of Picayune. So 10 miles to the west of Picayune, moving to the northeast at 45 miles per hour. Uh, So that's the area that I think that uh, we've got the biggest um, potential for danger right now. Uh, Hancock County, Pearl River County, just west of Picayune, making the way toward Picayune on this Wednesday afternoon. What a week, boys. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, thanks as always for being with us. Uh, it's good to uh, good to be with you. The plan was to uh, to get into some sports stuff this afternoon and um, we will uh, we will do that as we move through the uh, through the show this afternoon. Plenty to uh, plenty to get to. Where, do you, where should we start? Thanks for that pregnant pause, hey Dad. Yeah. So, what if we start with what's actually happening in sports tonight? How about that? You got two basketball games as Mississippi State looks to stay undefeated, and they are playing in the state capital night tonight in Jackson, and have a game against Jackson State. Mississippi State is now number seventeen. In the AP poll, what's the updated net ranking? I, I, I meant to pull that up and have not. Hey, Dad, have you looked at the new net rankings? I have not. Let me look right this second. So Mississippi State last week was at number five in the net rankings. Down to and six. And 
they are at six. So they just move one one spot, and that's not a function of anything they've done. It's just a function of the uh, of the schedule that they are playing right now. One road win, three neutral site wins, five and zero at home. Mississippi State has two quad one wins, so those are good. That'll play. Uh, they have not played a quad two game at this point. They've played one quad three game, and they've won that. And then they are six and zero in quad four games. So that's kind of the the resume for Mississippi State at this point in terms of the net. If you're curious about Ole Miss and where they are in the net rankings, not in nearly as good a shape as Mississippi State is, but in a very respectable spot. They are at number 58 currently in the net rankings, 7-2 and two overall. They are 0-1 on the road. That one road loss was at Memphis, 2-1 and one in neutral site games, had the two wins in Orlando and the one loss. They are undefeated at home this year, 5-0 and so far. Ole Miss has one quad one win and one quad one loss. They have a quad two loss. That was to Oklahoma, I think. I'm trying to see where Memphis is in the net right now. Memphis has played well. Excuse me, that was a really entertaining game. They played last night. Um Against uh, against Alabama. Don't know if you guys watched any of uh, that one uh, last night. I don't see Memphis right this second, so we'll get to that as well. The uh, the quad two loss was Oklahoma, uh, who is currently at fifty three, and then Ole Miss is undefeated in quad three and quad four games. Ole Miss has got UCF uh, tonight at the Pavilion, and go ahead, Borgie. All right, we um, excuse me just for a moment there. We uh, have some stations that have potentially gone off the air, and so trying to get that uh, that worked out as well. Heck of a game last night with uh, with Memphis and Alabama, uh, but the point was Ole Miss tonight is playing um, UCF, and UCF is a top one hundred team. They are seven and two on the year. UCF is currently number seventy-seven in the net. And hey, Dad, when you look at this Ole Miss team and kind of where they are right now, they haven't done anything to really hurt themselves. But this is an opportunity. And if you want to start thinking long term about what does Ole Miss have to do to be an NCAA postseason team, this is a game they've got to win. Top one hundred team. Yeah. At home, good team, but not an elite team. You got to win this game against UCF. Yeah, I, I would agree. And it feels like it has the potential that if it becomes a loss, it could be a bad loss down the road. But if you beat them at home, you know, you, you, you've taken care of that business and you're okay. So, yeah, for Ole Miss, they definitely need to, to, to keep that going. They have some momentum going right now. Um, and we'll see what they can do. But you're right. I think this is a. a must win is not the right word. This part of the season against no. a, a non-conference opponent, but, but this is a game they, they they could they could stand to win for sure. And UCF's got this big. Uh, their best player is a freshman. A freshman big. So Ole Miss's strengths obviously are the guards. Uh, so largely the transfer bigs, which is kind of what they're made up of, going to get tested in a big way tonight because UCF's best player again, he's a freshman. Uh, but he plays forward, and he's their leading scorer and all of that. So I think second leading scorer in his conference uh, right now as well. He is scoring 
He is rebounding, and he is uh, blocking shots. We'll tell you more about that matchup tonight between Ole Miss and UCF. We'll look more at Mississippi State and Jackson State. We'll talk some SEC basketball, which we have not done a lot of as we roll on with you. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Did you ever see the faces of the children? They get so excited. Waking up on Christmas morning hours before the winter sun's ignited. Maybe even dreams and all they mean. Couple of updates for you weather-wise, and if uh, you happen to be listening on our stream, um, you, you should be good, but many of our stations across the state have uh, have gone off the air, and we are working to fix that. That is um, that is well above my pay grade. I ran, and, ours, I ran and told I the smart people. I, I called one of the smart people, and then I ran down the hall to talk to the other smart person. To, to deal with the actual important stuff. All right, so one of the things you can do if you're trying to keep up with what's happening weather-wise, uh, there is a website, tornadohq.com, that will show you any active tornado warnings that are going on. Um, you've got a couple that are uh, going on in Mississippi right now. A tornado warning for uh, Hancock County, Pearl River County. On the Mississippi Gulf Coast, tornado producing a storm was located near Bush, uh, just west of Picayune, moving to the northeast. That was about 15 minutes ago. And that storm's moving at 45 miles an hour. Um, there is a tornado warning for Wayne County, Mississippi, as well. Uh, 10 miles north of Richton, moving to the northeast at 40 miles per hour. That is a severe thunderstorm capable of producing a tornado. And the, let's see, the, uh, the tornado warning in Forest County has now expired, but you do have a severe thunderstorm warning that has been issued for Forest and Lamar counties uh, because that storm is very much capable of producing tornadoes. Uh, I see a uh, note on Twitter that Clark County officials are reporting major damage in the eastern part of the county, that there is power outage there, and also there have been some houses houses that uh, have been damaged as well. You've got flash flooding in places. Uh, McLeod Street at Main Street in Hattiesburg is currently blocked due to flooding in the uh, in the Hattiesburg area. There's heavy structural damage reported along County Road 670 in Clark County. Uh, Pearl River County is under a tornado warning until 3:45 this afternoon. So much of these, uh, the majority of these, are the Pine Belt South right now in Mississippi. Think that gets you up to date and keeps you I think so uh, too. aware of what's happening right now. So Wayne County, Clark County, yeah, and I think everything else for now has expired. 
This is Sports Talk Mississippi. We're with you on Super Talk Mississippi. Normally stations all across the state of Mississippi, but uh, we've got some issues going on this afternoon. Uh, and What's many up, of them Jackson area the people? How, how are you guys? If you're in all the Jackson metro area tonight. you got a basketball game in your backyard tonight. Want to give credit to somebody, by the way? Sir, and I'm being totally genuine. Uh, whoever was involved in, in promoting that, it's everywhere. I mean, it is on my social media pages, the, the graphic promoting the game. It's on billboards around town. If you're a State fan and you did not know that State was playing in your capital city, then you are oblivious to your surroundings, basically. They have made sure that around here you know that State's coming. <laughs> One of our uh, favorite guys is in the capital city today as well, Richard. I don't know if you know this or not. But uh, Vic Schaefer is in Jackson right now playing Jackson State. Oh, really? I guess that game should be getting close to wrap it up, I would think. Women's basketball there. He's the head coach at the University of Texas. Um, better to be uh, Rick Schaefer and the women's basketball, I'm sorry, Vic Schaefer and the women's basketball coach at uh, Texas than the men's basketball coach at Texas right now. Rick Schaefer's his disappointing younger brother who sells bolo ties on Etsy. That's right. <laughs> well played. Well played. So, what are we doing? You got to stop with the jokes, man. It's gonna, it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt me. Hey, Dad doesn't need to start Depiction. laughing because when he starts laughing, then he starts coughing as yeah. well. Uh, Jeff look says at the that craftsmanship, he, you know. Jeff, thank you. He says he's listening from Laurel, but he's listening on his Alexa device, and he's getting Super Talk Jackson as well. Uh, so. Thanks for those of you that are uh, finding alternate ways to uh, listen to the show uh, this afternoon. It certainly is good to be with you. Porky, we were talking before the break uh, about this Ole Miss-UCF game that is uh, is coming up tonight. And when you look at this UCF team, they are 7-2 and two on the year. The guy that you were talking about a second ago, the true freshman, is Taylor Hendricks. He's averaging 15.5 points per game. Seven rebounds, an assist, a steal, and almost two blocks per game while shooting 53% from the field and 50% from behind the arc. Not bad for a true freshman who has played nine games at the college level. He's from Fort Lauderdale. A little bit of a matchup problem also at 6'9", 2'10", and, and really can uh, can move around. This uh, This UCF team in terms of uh, what they've done so far this season they are uh, they're, they're 7 and 2 they lost early in the season November 27th to Miami it's a two point loss and they lost in their season opener to UNC Asheville and that was a double overtime 98-95 loss in between those two losses, they had wins against uh, Florida State. They had a win in overtime against Oklahoma State. Got a win against Evansville. And uh, most recently, they have won against Samford and Tarleton. Samford was an overtime win. So this is a, uh, a team that has been tested in extra basketball. Already um, three overtime games this season. And the point that I was making with Haydad just a second ago is, you know, it's a game that Ole Miss got to win. Yeah, wonder what kind of uh, shot alterer uh, the freshman big is as well. Because Ole Miss's last time out, I mean, we talked about it. You saw it. They took 
what, 13 three-point shots in the entire game because they were just getting whatever they wanted at the basket. Uh, wonder if the offensive approach is going to have to be different. Uh, because, you know, if, if Ruffin's going to attack the basket, if he plays a little bit more or whoever, I wonder if that can't be as fluid as it was. And they're going to have to take and make outside shots, which they've shown at times this year, Memphis game aside, that they can make outside shots at a relatively good volume. Um, that might have to be more of what they do tonight. The, the X factor, I think, is obviously with this team moving forward for the rest of the year, how healthy is Ruffin and how much can he give you? Because, uh, like we talked about, little rusty, uh, didn't look like he was 100% in basketball shape yet. So uh, he, how good he is will drive this team, I think, all season long, really. And so we'll see if he can take another step forward in terms of use tonight, and if so, how effective can he be with a better shot blocker? Yeah, and in terms of Deshaun Ruffin and and kind of what he brings to the table right now, he's getting there, right? So a week ago this past Saturday was his first game of the season. He played in the exhibition game, and he had the bone bruise after coming back from the the ACL injury, uh, the torn ACL that happened on February 1st of last year. So when you think about the timeline... He goes from February 1st with the injury to practicing with his team in October, toward the end of October. And then at the beginning of November, he plays in an exhibition game and has the the bone bruise, and so he has to kind of go back to the sideline for, what, a month, basically? He had practiced one game before playing against Memphis. He played 14 minutes and didn't really do anything. I mean, he had three points in that game against Memphis. And he played, what, 12, 14 minutes on Saturday against Valparaiso, and he was incredibly efficient. Six of seven. The only shot that he missed was a three-point attempt. He was able to get to the rim. He distributed the basketball, but limited minutes. If you were watching in that first half, we were doing that game on TV, and he came out of the game, and, and John Sunvold said, ooh, I, I hope he's not hurt. He was kind of grimacing. I think it was he was out of breath. And, and so he went to the bench, and then he came back. But he practiced all of last week, played in the game. He's now had, what, three full days of, of non-game since then. So you would expect the workload to go up a little bit. And, and I was speaking to a member of the, the Ole Miss basketball staff um this was yesterday. And and kind of echo that. It's like, man, just, just got to get Ruffin all the way back. He, he He's healthy in terms of being cleared to go and is kind of 100%, or at least close to it on that front, but it's stamina and basketball shape. That's, that's what they're working through. That's what they're fighting through right now. That's just going to take a little bit of time, right? But, I mean, if you kind of gradually increase the workload – for Deshaun Ruffin, then then you're going to see that go. What, what? I wonder what the target would be for him tonight. You know, do, do you try yeah. and get him 20 minutes in this game? Maybe 18 minutes? I don't know. we got more coming up with you. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm almost exclusively today and at uh, Supertalk TV. We'll be right back. Nothing brings people. 
people together and forms a lasting bond like sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. Covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. There's a choir outside of my house singing Silent Night. For any little thing that's gone wrong, Christmas makes it right. The children are singing Christmas carols and everybody's holding hands. Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi. We will put the basketball conversation on pause because we all of a sudden have big, big, big football news right here in the state of Mississippi. This has clearly been a week where the focus on Mississippi State football has been on the death of Mike Leach, its former head football coach, and we have wondered but really not dived into deeply what would be next for Mississippi State. We talked with Mark Keenum yesterday and kind of gave him the opportunity without just trying to pin him down about what the next few weeks might look like in terms of head football coach, interim coach, athletics director, etc. We um, We have... An answer to that question now. Uh, first from Pete Thamel and then uh, from Ross Dellinger. Mississippi State and defensive coordinator Jack uh, Zach Arnett, not Jack, Zach Arnett, have agreed to terms to make him the school's next head football coach. He is expected to receive a four-year contract. So there you go. Uncertainty. Jack Arnett runs a... Jack Arnett runs a string of Chevrolet dealerships in Southern California. Does he also sell bolo ties? No, that's that's Rick Schaefer. You, okay. You're going to yes. mix up. <sighs> Zach Arnett is now I like, Mississippi State I like this as running coach. joke potential. This has running so? joke potential. We, every time you do it, Borky and I will tell you what that person does. Yeah. Uh, what about Michael Borquet? What does he do? We 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 did a Borky thing once. Uh, it was it was like Mark Borky or something. It was his. Uh, <laughs> it was it, you know he he was in Advocare as I recall, if I if you remember correctly. So Pete Thamel has reported it. Hey Dad has confirmed it. Ross Dellinger has confirmed it. Robbie Falk has confirmed it. It's done. Zach Arnett is going to be the next head football coach for Mississippi State. He was put in charge of the program in the interim. Uh, during that period of uncertainty between, what, Sunday at lunchtime and ultimately the passing of Mike Leach and um, Mark Keenan, the president at Mississippi State, moving quickly on, on this decision. Uh, initial reaction, hey, Dad, you, you and I talked on Sunday night and certainly we're not ready to have a public conversation about what might be next, but that certainly is something that was lingering in the minds of uh, of Mississippi State fans, what what are you going to do? What direction are you going to go? And I said to you at that time, doesn't it just feel like they're going to promote Zach Arnett? And, and you and I both hesitated after I said that out loud because there's a very limited body of work there. He is a career assistant. He's been a defensive coordinator at two places. He's 36 years old, but uh, clearly Mark Keenum felt that stability and continuity were of the utmost of importance right now, and he has promoted Zach Arnett into this role of head football coach. Yeah, 
you know, and I, when I've looked at Zach Arnett since he's been here at Mississippi State, I thought this was a guy who was a future head football coach. I did not know that it would be at Mississippi State his first time. Uh, and obviously the circumstances are, are very unusual. What I will say is this. If you look at State the past few days, they've picked up some recruits. Uh, a couple guys out of the transfer portal were Darius Jones uh, from Horn Lake, Mississippi. Originally he was at LSU the past couple of years. He's committed. Um, and then today, Kamari Rogers, four-star cornerback last year out of Columbia, Mississippi, uh, who was at Miami last year. Now he hit the portal, and now he's committed to Mississippi State. You don't commit without having some sort of idea of where things are going. My guess is, and it's just a guess, that there was already some some inkling, some idea that this was going to go this way in the name of stability. Um, and if you... You know, remember when we talked about Joe Brady, and I'm not trying to compare Zach Arnett to Joe Brady because what Brady did with that LSU team was very, very special. But we talked about, you know, maybe when you've got the bird in the hand, you just go ahead and go with it. Maybe State just feels like, hey, this guy is a future star head coach. Let's just go ahead and give him the job and, and take it from there. You need to get an experienced offensive coordinator in, I think, that needs to be the next, you know, order of business because obviously when you, you bump Zach Arnett up off, off the staff, you, you get to gain a spot for an assistant. I would imagine they would just promote Mac Brock as the defensive coordinator, but that's probably just a, that's just a thought right now. And obviously, Arnett will still have a heavy hand in the defense, but that's the uh, that's the route State's chosen. I think it's good for stability, but it's obviously a gamble because this is a guy who's a first time head coach. Yeah. So I want to throw this at you guys. A friend of the show, Cole Kublik, throws out a suggestion I saw for, that. for for Zach Arnett to explore his play caller, uh, Chris Hatcher. And if you're thinking, who's that guy? Well, he's got Samford, the Birmingham version, not the Palo Alto version, rolling right now uh, as the head coach. And he played quarterback at Valdosta State under, you guessed it, Mike Mike Leach as his offensive coordinator. The other name I've heard thrown around a little bit is Seth Luttrell, the former head coach at uh, North Texas, air raid guy. Guess who he played under, under at Oklahoma? When he was the offensive coordinator, Mike Leach. I think you'll definitely continue to see a Mike Leach flavor to this offense for the next few years for sure. So we are making an assumption, and I feel like everybody's kind of making an assumption that you got to go get another air raid guy. Here's what we don't know. We, we know that Zach Arnett worked under Mike Leach running the air raid. But we don't know how Zach Arnett really feels about the air raid offense and whether or not he believes that that is the direction that the program should go with offensive philosophy long term. This is going to be his program. So is that a safe assumption to make that Okay, he's got to go get an air raid guy. He's got to go get somebody with ties to Mike Leach, Hal Mummy, Valdosta State, Oklahoma, et cetera, et cetera, well, and, and, and move forward with that? Well, I would say that in terms of continuity with what you've got, think back to, uh, to 2018, and State decided to make a change in their offensive philosophy. Moorhead's offense was similar to Mullins, but it was a lot more pass-heavy. And in doing that, you kind of threw away your chance for a big season. Because Fitzgerald just wasn't ready to run that kind of offense, wasn't capable of running that kind of offense. You can't do it again. You've got all these pieces in place to run an air raid style system. You bring him back all, all this talent and all this experience. 
you got to kind of roll how you, you got to kind of dance with who brung you at this point. So, and I think you find a more updated version of the air raid. Nobody runs what Mike Leach was has been running the past couple of years. Yeah. Now you're going to find a guy, you know, and you're bringing in the, the Parson kid in this signing class. So you're you're making a move towards more mobility there in the pocket or more of a running quarterback. But yeah, I think you definitely want to try to keep the air raid principles in in place here. You've been successful. You've won eight games this year. You have a chance for nine. That's the way that I would go. What do you think they'll do in terms of play calling for the bowl game? Good question. Um, my guess is for the bowl game only, it would either be Spurrier Jr. or Drew Hollingshead. Okay. That's the way I would I would look at it. Is That's just, again, these are just guesses. I'm not I'm not sure. I, I'm curious, and, and it's really, really early to even ask this question, but I wonder if for Mississippi State fans, you just had a sigh of relief. After the sadness, the unsteadiness, the disappointment of this week, the, the trauma of this week. If stepping back and going, you know, we, we heard people talking about this wasn't a great cycle to be going out and hiring a coach. National Signing Day is a week from today. The portal is open. Stability sounds so good right now. Yeah. And, and, You've got visitors coming in this weekend. Now you yeah. can sell them on what the future is at Mississippi State. Now you can go ahead and, and tell your signing class, we're all here. My guess is Arnett is going to keep a lot of this staff. I would be surprised to see any kind of wholesale changes. Like I said, maybe just bring in somebody to replace him, bump some people around. Stability is a good thing for Mississippi State. and you, Like I said, you're rolling the dice on him as a coach. But he's been a good defensive coordinator for Mississippi State. If he can be a good recruiter and put the offense into good hands, he'll be fine. I mean, it's been demonstrated with players returning and how they've done in the portal, despite how this week has gone. Uh, players appear to really like playing for him. I mean, guys that that could have, like we mentioned. I mean, what do you think Nathaniel Watson could have commanded in the transfer portal? And NIL money. A lot. Yeah. And Cromedy too. I mean, those guys could have basically gone anywhere and chose to stay and play for Zach Ornett. So that that, that is a first really good sign of, of what you've got leading your program now as a whole, instead of just that side of the ball, when players choose to not even create drama and not even put bids out there, I'm just gonna play for this guy. Nothing else matters. It's a good sign. Sports talk Mississippi. Is Zach Arnett prepared for this opportunity? Let's talk about that when we come back. Good to be with you in the Pearl River Resort studio. Sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. Pulling in the driveway, and 
Welcome back to Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. So the question that I asked before the break was not a gotcha question. Like there was there was some intent with with where I was going. So I said, I, I asked you as we were going to the break, is Zach Arnett ready for this opportunity? Is he ready to be a head football coach in the Southeastern Conference, the most unforgiving league that there is? in the college sports landscape. Here's what I was going to point out. I know he was not the head coach of the entire team. But he was as close to being a head coach for half a team as there is in college football. Mike Leach did nothing as it pertains to the defense. And if you watched the Egg Bowl, there were multiple times where if you didn't know who the head coach was, you would assume that was it was Zach Arnett. How often do you see an assistant coach almost out to the hashes on the field, not being pulled back by anyone? That's, that's only what the head coach does. Talking directly to officials, trying to get an explanation. Zach Arnett looked like a head coach in that game against Ole Miss. Now, I don't know if television showed that. It may have been something where you had to be in the stadium to see it. But there were multiple occasions where he was out on the field. I'm I'm talking halfway to the hash marks, yelling at officials, asking questions, animated. And again, there was nobody pulling him back. It's not like Mike Leach was grabbing his belt and pulling him back to the sideline, saying, come on, man, that's my job. That defense was his. He ran that entire side of the ball with zero interruption. Now, of course, he and Mike Leach had conversations about defensive philosophy and what he was going to do and what was expected, but there was not much interaction on game day. Somebody points out that you can never really know if you're ready. Until you get thrown into the fire. Like being a parent. Yeah. Cody and Tupelo says, I don't know if Zach Arnett is the answer in the long term, but dang, it feels like a boulder off state fans' shoulders to have Arnett as a stable coach. Stephen and Newton, I mean, is anyone ever ready to take on a role in this way? But I do believe he will be a strong leader that will demand respect in the program, which is important, in my opinion. Stephen and Newton says, Hail State. And Chase pointed out, he's not saying that Mississippi State's going to start winning national championships in short order, but Kirby Smart didn't have a coach experience. Dan Lanning didn't either. Year one at Oregon went well. It's it's just as much about the person as it is the resume and experience. And I had somebody text me asking, you know, is State, did State rush this? And I said, they they kind of had to. Signing day is one week from today. Six yeah. days away. Guys are in the portal right now that, that are that are taking visits and going on destinations. If, if there was going to be uncertainty that carried through Christmas, through New Year's, into January before an athletic director is hired, and then that athletic director would have to hire a football coach and go through all that, that would have set Mississippi State back so much in this calendar, which can impact you for multiple years even. So 
Speed had to be something it's uncomfortable to talk about because of why they had to operate quickly, but they had to operate quickly. Because if if they didn't, things really could have gone south football-wise just as fast. Uh, we get a question every did, uh, on the text line. says, I'm assuming the new coach can go out and find transfers. Can anybody recruit his players? What? I, I think that is a reference to the uh, insinuation that you were a terrible person if you were actively talking to anybody uh, on the Mississippi State roster. Whatever. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I would imagine, yes, it's open season business. <laughs> so, um. But what I'm going to say is, you know, every head coach, every successful head coach, Belichick, Saban, Smart, they were all a first-time head coach at some point. You know, there was always a point in their career where, well, we're taking a gamble on this guy. He's never been a head coach, and he got it done. You know, and obviously there's plenty to go the other way. It didn't work. Anytime you, anytime you make a hire, it's a gamble. So for Mississippi State, though, at least you have that stability now. And you have, you know, the word relief was just used. That's a good word. Now you you feel like you're moving forward in the right direction. Everybody can get behind Zach Arnett, play the bowl game, recruit, and go forward. Can you imagine the roller coaster of emotions for Zach Arnett over the last yeah. 72 to 96 it's hours? It's got to be incredible. Yeah. I mean, just things spinning. We don't know anything uh, about contract terms yet. Uh, the expectation is it's a four-year deal, but of course that's the the state minute maximum. So yeah, so you know he he gets what they are able to offer, but in terms of the dollars related to that, no idea. Sports Talk Mississippi, four o'clock hour coming up next with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Now. Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. Christmas time is here again, like every year before. Welcome back. 4 o'clock hour, Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. A lot happening in the state of Mississippi this week and uh, on this Wednesday as well. Got weather issues in South Mississippi. Encourage you to stay weather aware, and if uh, any news breaks, we will bring that to you as far as tornado warnings or anything of the like. We've just gotten the news that uh, Zach Arnett is being promoted to head football coach at Mississippi State and will fill the shoes that were vacated by Mike Leach with his untimely passing earlier this week. We've also just gotten the news that the Mike Leach Memorial Service will happen at Humphrey Coliseum on Tuesday at 1 o'clock. It is open to the general public. The doors will open at noon. So a lot of stuff going on, but right now we're going to go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com. And go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Flint Minshew joins us right now. He is a Mississippian who uh, certainly knows Mike Leach well because his son, Gardner Minshew, as part of an incredible odyssey that was his college football career, uh, spent a year playing for Mike Leach as quarterback at uh, Washington State. Flint, I I really appreciate you taking a few minutes with us this afternoon. 
Man, what a what a tough week this has been. Yeah, it really has. Really has. Um been tough on Gardner, you know. Um we sure do owe you know, Coach Leach changed the Gardner's path for sure. And um and gave him an opportunity and and not only that, empowered him to be himself and encouraged him to be himself. And I think Coach Leach did that for a lot of people. And uh we'll you know, we'll forever be grateful for that. So let's do a quick recap of Gardner's college road. Obviously, he is in the NFL now and is in a in a great spot, and it's gone maybe better than anybody could have imagined. But from the time that, that he left high school as an absolute star in the state of Mississippi, there were a lot of stops. It was kind of a circuitous journey. Absolutely it was. So, you know, he graduated early and went to Troy in the spring on an academic scholarship. And they told him everything would be paid for. When then he got to summer school, they wanted him to pay for summer school. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. So he called up uh, Jack Wright and went up to uh, Northwest. And, uh, and Jack told him, said, look, we got another guy in here. Um, but, you know, we'll give you a shot. And, of course, uh, Gardner beat him out in just a matter of weeks. And, uh, you know, and they, they won the national championship that year. And... Still didn't, and still didn't have a lot of options. You know, a lot of guy, a lot of schools won't take a one-year JUCO. They, they, uh, there's a little taboo. There's a little unwritten rule there that you don't come in there and take a guy after one year. And uh, but East Carolina made him an offer, and uh, he left and went up there. Was there for two years, in and out of the lineup, and um, graduated in December of his junior year. You know, but that was back before it was just the wild, wild west, and you could just pick up and leave, but he graduated in December, got it, picked up an Alabama offer, and um, and then, you know, then a few other schools started calling, uh, you know, once they figured out, you know, if Saban offered him, well, then something must, he must be able to play, <laughs> and uh, it's kind of funny, you know, all this evaluation all these guys do, and that's not what we're here to talk about, but, uh, you know, all three Mississippi schools passed on him three times. Out of high school, out of junior college, and as a grad transfer. So, um, but Coach Leach called him up and said, "Hey, you can go hold a clipboard at Alabama, or you can come here and lead the country in passing." And Gardner, Gardner committed over the phone right there. We had never been to Washington, much less Pullman, Washington. So, Flint, when when it looked like Gardner was going to go to Alabama, was that with the idea of, hey, I maybe want to be a coach and going and being on the team under Nick Saban uh, might help along those lines? Or was he going to well, Alabama at the time with the idea that, hey, I'm going to go try and win this job? Well, he, he would always go try to win the job. He, he And even today, everybody goes, oh, the best job in America is, you know, backup quarterback and it is, unless that's not what you are. And I mean, he, and that's never been how he's wired. And, but you know, the, the Saban deal was sweet because not only did he offer him a, um, a scholarship and, and even was going to allow him to redshirt because he never redshirted. Um, but he also guaranteed him a GA spot. But you know, Gardner's thoughts, even, even with going to Alabama was, you know, even being a backup at Alabama, I'll be able to get into an NFL camp. And just, you know, just, yeah. it was always just about plugging and, and you know, and, and trying to get that, take that next step. And, um, 
but then, you know, the leech offer was just too – and that was a dream come true, right? You know, I coached him in junior high, and Wyatt and I were friends back when Wyatt was at um, Winston Academy, and I, and I got, went up there and got, you know, air raid uh, principles and plays that we ran in peewee football. So it was always a dream of his to play for Mike Leach. All right, so 2018 at Washington State. He starts all 13 games. They go 11-2. and He throws for almost 5,000 yards and 38 touchdowns. And he's playing for this legend of an offensive mind in, in Mike Leach. Tell me about your observations of the relationship between Gardner and Coach Leach. So it starts kind of funny. You know, they hit it off immediately, which, may, you know, if somebody, Mike Leach is one of those guys, if you didn't hit it off with him, there's something really bad wrong with you. Uh, because he's just the most approachable, most humble, inquisitive. You know, he wanted to know about you. And uh, But anyway, immediately they hit it off. Well, there's this app out here that these kids pull planks on. And so, like, I'll think you're calling me, and you'll think I'm calling you. Both of our phones will ring. And they were doing that to Leach and Gardner. And, um, and they would both pick up the phone. And and then they would just end up talking for an hour or two, you know. It didn't matter. So uh, they, I knew from the first time we went on a visit up there, they were going to hit it off because they they start talking all these concepts, and I just kind of tilted my head back and, and let them talk because I had no idea what was going on. But uh, no, nah, they hit it off immediately, and and from the second we met him as our family. Uh, Met him and he's he's visited with us and we visited with him and he's been to the fair. Um, man, just couldn't be a better guy. And, and like I said, we will forever be grateful uh, for what he did for for Gardner and 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 I know there's thousands of players out there probably the same way. How, how do you get from Brandon, Mississippi, to Pullman, Washington? So typically, you drive to New Orleans and you. <laughs> Because if you have a screw up in Jack, and don't get me wrong, I fly out of Jackson every weekend going to see him play. But when you're going out west, and if you have a screw up out of Jackson, they can't get you there. If you go to New Orleans, well, you know they can, if there's a screw up, they can still get you there. And so you typically are going to fly to Denver or Salt Lake or sometimes LAX, and you're going to make a connection. And the Spokane Airport's about like the Jackson Airport. And then you're going to drive about 75 miles on a two-lane road through wheat fields. <laughs> and uh, the first time my wife went out there, she's looking and looking and looking. And I'm like, look, I told you, there's nothing else to see. It's 75 miles of wheat fields. Just rolling hills. Beautiful country. But, I mean, it is, it is a, it's like Starville used to be back before 25 was four-laned. It was like a little two-lane road. And you just you, get, you better be paying attention. So fast forward to where we are now. Gardner in the NFL, he has the run in Jacksonville, has the opportunity to start, plays well. A couple of years now as the backup, obviously Jalen Hurts playing really, really well. That's a great team in, in Philadelphia. You said it a second ago. He, he's a guy that wants to start, but he's in a really good spot also, right? Yeah, he's in a good spot. I mean, you know, but um, but no, it's in his heart to play. and um, And he'll be a free agent after this year. And so, you know, obviously we'll, he'll hit that market. And his, his agent knows, you know, look, it's not all about money. It's about an opportunity to go somewhere and, and compete for a job. That's all he ever wants, just to compete. And, and, and Leach didn't hand him the job either. He had to go up there and compete. And, um, and um, so that, and that's all he wants is, is a fair competition, you know, uh, not, not 
hey, we're bringing in Trevor Lawrence, but we're going to let you compete. Uh, okay, whatever. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, that's what he wants. But, no, the, the Eagles have been great to him. He gets a ton of reps. You know, he gets to play. There's not a lot of backup quarterbacks that get to play like Garner gets to play. And he gets a lot of reps in practice. And um, so, no, we're, I don't want to sound like we're, we're ungrateful to the Eagles because we're not. Well, uh, Gardner's story is an incredible one. And, Flint, I really appreciate you, you spending a few minutes with us and, and kind of sharing some of those Mike Leach stories. Uh, certainly well, and a difficult I'll tell you a week, couple but... others real quick. Let me tell you one. If you look all over football today at every level and, uh, and in the NFL, Mike Leach's, Mike Leach's fingerprints are all over all of it. I mean, yeah. you, you, you see it everywhere. And, um, you know, we're just so fortunate that, that we could have been a small part uh, of, of that. Well, it's a, uh, a great story, and um, some of the anecdotes uh, about Coach Leach uh, certainly don't make the pain of this week go away, but uh, let everybody know just what kind of a, a man he was. Thanks so much for your time, Flint. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. That's Flint Minshew. He is the father of Gardner Minshew, obviously a proud dad who has watched his son's football journey that included a, uh, a one-year stop as the starting quarterback for Mike Leach at Washington State on the Palouse in Pullman. We got more coming up with you. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Look, hey, I hate golf. So I don't see where you guys are losing anything. If any if anything, I think the fact that you're horrible at golf you might be winners, because if you have the sense to quit, you never have to do it anymore, and um, <clears throat> and you'll probably live a heck of a lot happier life. Uh, but anyway, so that would be my advice. One, quit. Okay, two, recognize the happiness that you're going to enjoy uh, not addressing a ball and listening to somebody say, okay, if I choke up here, if I cut back on my backswing, if I put my weight on my front foot, uh, the ball's gonna go here while describing something you can't do with a sniper rifle and a scope. And it might even be a good shot, but the ball's not gonna go there. It's gonna go somewhere else. Might be a good shot, not gonna go there. Okay, then all the rest of the way going up to the ball, he's gonna say, if I would have done this, gripped a little less, more weight on my back foot, then it would have gone exactly there. No, it wouldn't have. It would have gone somewhere else. Is that accurate? Is that accurate, what he just said, you two? Uh, you guys would know better than me. I like most of what Mike Leach says. I, I, will, not, I will not stand for the, uh, for the man disparaging the game of golf. I, I think, so that they was take a, that nonsense somewhere else. So that was a cameo that, that people have been sharing. I think the question was, Coach, how do we get better at golf? And their, their response is, I hate golf. You should quit. That's how you get better. <laughs> One of my regrets is I always wanted to get Richard a Mike Leach cameo. And, you know, I was kind of waiting for him to win the Egg Bowl to do it. And uh, oh, I can't. Hmm. But I would have I loved to have sent Richard a link. And, hey, Richard, this is Coach Mike Leach. And just let him rip. Just let him, let him go? That would have been fun. Yeah. We would have had a large yeah. time on this radio program with that. Yeah, we that would have been worth the money. 
Hey, thanks to Flint Minshew. That was a uh, fun conversation, kind of looking back at Gardner's career, which uh, included time at uh, Mike Leach, and you heard him say they will be forever grateful for the opportunity that Mike Leach gave him. He said, do you want to go hold a clipboard for Nick Saban at Alabama, or do you want to come lead the country in passing? Well, turned out to be a uh, pretty good decision in uh, 2018 at Washington State, Gardner Minshew went 11 and 2 and 13 starts with 4,776 yards through the air, 38 touchdowns and just nine interceptions. Also had four rushing touchdowns that year. Good player. Heisman finalist, is that right? That is correct. He finished fifth in the Heisman voting. You know how hard it is to capture the country from Washington State. Maybe. Yeah, yeah you was a good team. They won a lot of games, and you had it's just a great story. This little this kid from Mississippi that everybody had given up on goes to Mike Leach, and and they they form this super team. I mean, it was a, it was a fun story to tell. Yeah, uh, Flint Minshew hadn't forgotten about uh, his son getting passed up. Did you? I I don't know if it, the the tone changed a little bit when he said the Mississippi schools passed on him three times. All, all three all of them three passed times. on him three times. Yeah. Um. Neat story, neat conversation, and uh, very very nice of Flint to spend a few minutes with us this afternoon on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Uh, a couple of things. We'll just uh, quickly get you up to date. The the severe weather right now is in the state of Louisiana, and they are dealing with tornadoes in the New Orleans metro area. Uh, there's some rough videos that have uh, have come out of their damage in New Iberia, which I guess is what to the south and west of New Orleans, and then you've got uh, storms all over the place uh, there, and uh, some tornadoes in the in the New Orleans metro area. So. Uh, we currently do not have any tornado warnings in the uh, in the state of Mississippi. If that changes as these storms continue to push to the north and the east, we will certainly let you know. The big news of the day, and hey, Dad, were, were you tipped off on this at all? Did did, did you expect no. that we were going to get an announcement today that uh, Zach Arnett was going to be the next head football Dr. coach at Mississippi State? Doctor Keenum came on this show yesterday. He could have just told us then. We could have just gotten this out of the way. Yeah. So no, I had no no inkling that this was about to happen. With half an hour to to process this news and and kind of think through it a little bit during commercial breaks and whatever else, I mean, what do you think? I leaned more towards it was the right move than anything else. I think right now this football program just needs to to some stability, some somebody to lead, somebody to to rally around. You've got recruiting going on right now. I mean, National Signing Day is six days away. You can't just punt on that. You know, you've got recruits and, and, and transfer portal guys coming in this weekend. You can't just punt on that and tell them, well, we're hopeful to do this, that, or the other. You can't. So I like Arnett. I think he's a good coach. I'm always kind of iffy with defensive coaches because I always feel like they get they get the trigger finger. They want to go over there and tell the offense what to do. Too many times. I like I like getting an offensive coach who, like Leach who just says you run the defense and I'll I'll handle this. So that that's always a, an iffy thing for me. But I think Arnett is is a good coach. I think he was going to be a head coach down the road. He just gets his opportunity a little earlier than we would have thought. The circumstances are clearly unique. 
right? And and not the circumstances by which Zach Garnett would have wanted his first head coaching opportunity. But you are reminded that that sometimes not jumping at the first thing that comes along turns out to be good in the long term. Right, the, the the opportunity to go to LSU a couple of years ago it was there. We think chose not to uh, jump onto that sinking ship, which was a good decision. Who, who knows where Zach Arnett would be today because of you know the bouncing from one place to another, which is what happens with so many coaches because the first opportunity they get to make a jump, they uh, they do it. I, I look. I had somebody tell me this, and I don't know how to verify it. But I don't mind saying it because it was somebody that I trust that told me. Zach Arnett was not just in the running to be Auburn's defensive coordinator. Auburn thought they were going to hire him to be his defensive coordinator, to be their defensive coordinator only to find out that there was a pretty significant buyout in Zach Hartnett's contract. Hey, Dad, I don't know if you knew that or not. I mean, we knew that he got a a pretty big bump, a pretty big raise from Mississippi State. It's rare, though, that you see, if the number I'm told is is true, a buyout that's anywhere close to as big as what Zach Hartnett had in his deal. It's about two mil, right? I was told three, but two may be yeah. the number. Two between two and three million dollars. Yeah, the state wanted to keep Zach Arnett. They knew he was a big piece of of what was going to make Mississippi State successful going forward. The the team of Mike Leach and Zach Arnett. So and, and, and so even Auburn, you, who spends money like a drunken sailor on coaching buyouts all the time, was like, wait, what? A defensive yeah. coordinator that's got a two or three million dollar buyout? Nah, I don't know if we're gonna do that. The, Auburn's hubris is unmatched. It, it really is. I, I love yourself the way Auburn loves themselves. Seriously, there, there's your mental health note of the day. Or find somebody that loves you the way Auburn loves themselves. They are convinced they are getting everybody. They were definitely getting Phil Longo from North Carolina. They were definitely getting Lane Kiffin from West. They're just going to get everybody. They're going to get every every recruit. They're going to get everybody. Auburn is the best, according to people that cover Auburn and people that donate to Auburn and just fans of Auburn. And yet time after time after time, with the exception of buying, to their credit, a national championship via Cam Newton, who would have won one in Starkville if he ended up there. It's a, it's a sore wound, I'm sorry. But where does that hubris come from? You share a state with Alabama, who dominates college football and wins championships after Cam Newton played college football. And you've done what? you fired Gus Malzahn. You fired Brian Harson after a disaster of a coaching search. You went after Lane Kiffin. He told you no. So you hire Hugh Freeze, and you have to put in the guy's contract, you cannot be on Twitter. You handed your $130 million a year business, which is what it is, to a guy that can't be trusted with Twitter. And yet you think you're getting everything you want whenever you want it. 
Auburn's a chihuahua. You ever been around a chihuahua? They are nasty dogs. They are violent dogs. But they're so small, they're just annoying. But inside, they think they are big, tough, and evil. Auburn football is a chihuahua. If you do need to find someone who loves you as much as Auburn loves themselves, their head coach can probably point you in the right direction. Jeez. Your chihuahua reference, Forky, made me think of Skippy John Jones. Have you read uh, that book to James yet? No, I've never heard of it, actually. Skippy John Jones, do yourself a favor. You'll have fun with that one. you got to do accents, though. The accents are what I'm make in. it. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We'll be right back. Let's go. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. Start yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it, you might even say it glows And all of the other reindeer Used, used to, to laugh and call him names They never let poor Rudolph Join in hey, give me the, uh, the next line here then one It's Rudolph Reddo's right in here uh, blah, blah, blah. He, it, 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 I can't even say it now But what do you say like a what When, when you get to that part of the song Do what? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Had a very shiny nose and if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. Like a light bulb? Thank you. Okay. My friend, former Alabama beat writer, the imbecile Brett Hudson, was trying to convince people that it was like a flashlight the other night on Twitter, and I had to, to put him in his place. I actually heard that before. Well, by an imbecile. Flashlights don't glow. No. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. They direct light. That's like the whole purpose of a flashlight. Maybe light bulb's not the uh, the right term. Maybe it should be like a firefly. No, like a light bulb works. It's but fine. A light bulb plugged in without any shade or anything just disperses yeah, light evenly everywhere. Uh, I'm aware. I'm aware. Yeah. Uh, C Spire text line, by the way, 601-879-4395. Be better, Borky. Be better. That report about Freeze not using Twitter is false. He tweets every day. Be better. Be better. Uh, that's not him. How do you know? Because so how far, do you know? Direct messages have because been he sent hasn't to anybody. Because he hasn't tweeted anybody. You know, complaining about what they said about him. Yet. I, I mean, look. If I I don't like Pat Forty. I think he's a little sanctimonious. But if you think that he made that up. When he reported that, that there was conversations between Hugh Freeze and John Cohen in the hiring process that said, Coach, you are not going to send messages to people on Twitter or else. If you think that conversation did not happen and there is not some level of restriction between Auburn and Hugh Freeze, then you can believe that if you like. That is, is a free country. You believe whatever you want. That's totally fine. John Cohen told Hugh Freeze, you're not tweeting. You want to know why? Because that could really get them in trouble if he did. And John Cohen, despite leaving Mississippi State and leaving wounds behind, is not a stupid man. Because that would be a stupid thing to do. 
is to not have that ironed down. Pat Forty got that from somewhere. He doesn't report that without very clear confirmation. I promise you. But uh, no, it's fine. Totally. Be better, Porky. Be better. Uh, C Spire text line. Somber week, guys, for all of us in Mississippi. You guys have done the best in the business at uh, everything this week. Thank you for that. Just wanted to tell Haydad to have a safe and blessed vacation and holiday next week in case uh, I miss the shows tomorrow and Friday. Huh. That's right. You're off next I hate week. I hate that I'm going to miss the, the Leach Memorial. I hate that, but, you know. I, I was talking to a friend who's in the media earlier today. He's like, if there's anybody on earth who would tell you, don't worry about going to a memorial service, go out and have time with your family and be on vacation, it would have been Mike Leach. So I, Where are you will, going? I will stick to that advice. St. Louis. St. Louis. It's going to be really freaking cold. Just look at the weather today. It's supposed to snow on Thursday. Can't wait. Well, it's the week before Christmas. It should be cold this time of year. Yeah, but geez. Just because it has been 80 for the last few weeks is, uh, yeah. 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 You're going to do the the City Museum? I believe that is our our plan, yes. That that looks like a really cool spot. It does. You're going to see the Clydesdales, is what I was going At Grant's Farm, isn't that where those are? Isn't that where they have the Clydesdales? I I don't know. It's It's part of the brewery thing, so I don't know. I thought we were going to do the whole brewery. I got excited for a second there, but I was the only one interested in that. I I hate to inform your wife and daughters the St. Louis Blues are on the road all next week. They are, I know. I would have liked to have gone to see a hockey game. Oh, that would have been cool. For him. Yeah, it would have. Don't you think they would have had fun at a hockey game also? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hockey. I can see my youngest pounding the glass. (laughs) She would have been great, actually. That would have been been great. Hockey truly is the most surprising in-game experience as a fan. Like, I I can't tell you the number of people I've heard, oh, I'm not a hockey fan, but I went to a game once, and it was awesome. That is like everybody's sentiment. It's the fastest sport. And what I mean by that is the puck basically is always on goal. Because of how fast they move from one end of the ice to the other, there, there is always a shot in a scoring opportunity. And I guess that applies like in basketball to some degree, but it takes them longer to get up the court. In football, there's always a chance for a long touchdown pass. But hockey feels like the only sport where scoring is a second away at all points of the game. So there's always like heart-racing action when you're watching hockey because it's fast and they are always on goal. It's a lot of fun even if you don't really know what's going on. I'm a little embarrassed to say I've never been to an NHL game. Oh, you'd love it, man. Neither have I. I went to a couple of Jackson Bandit games back in the day. Maybe uh, maybe one day. Never never been to a uh, a hockey game. Need to do that. Hey, can, you guys up for some high school football breaking news? Big deal sure. on the Gulf Coast? Blake Pinnock is leaving Ocean Springs to become the next head coach at Gulfport in place of John Archie. In 2022, this past season, uh, Blake Pinnock led the Greyhounds to the South State for the first time in 13 years and had a three-year record of 32-5. and So making the move from Ocean Springs to Gulfport. What? I got him. Hey, that got, got me. Just don't worry about it. 
I got him. But that is big news because Ocean Springs has yeah. been the, the 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 top dog on the coast now for a few years. So to move to Gulfport, we we keep waiting on one of those schools to finally break through and win a state championship. We'll see mm-hmm. if if, if the, this move shifts the balance of power over to a little further down the coast. Do you move houses when you make a a job switch like that? You probably, st- I mean, do you? I don't know if you have to, far. but if if you want to, you could. Yeah. I mean, if you like moving as much as Haydad likes moving, then you absolutely move houses. I know Richard Cross, the man who moves for as a hobby. Like, what do you like to do? Uh, I'm into woodworking, grilling out, and moving. Man, <laughs> this last one I think did us in. <laughs> I don't think that's in the cards any uh, anytime anytime soon. I would I would like to start looking. For something a little bit bigger, but it would literally cost me my arm to get a mortgage right now. So yeah, as that's I say, interest rates hold. not the uh, not the best time. I'm not saying don't buy because of the interest rates, but if you're doing it just for fun, I might uh, might sit tight just a little while longer. Yeah. Keep paying on your three and a half percent mortgage instead of taking a seven percent mortgage. Yeah, I, I that's think, real money. I think we'll do that, but that 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 this would be the perfect time. And we can't execute. So, yeah. are you putting your your name in the hat for the job at Ocean Springs? Is that what's happening here, Coach Borky? Hey, all right. Look I, at you I, right now. You got the zip, quarter zip. You got the headset on. Yes. You look like a coach. It, you know, in a diff, in a past life, I thought about getting into coaching, but um, I'll be your DC. I mean, I, I feel like I'm in a position now where I would take the job. I, I'm a great motivator. Give awesome, passionate halftime speeches in the locker room. Yeah, I'd teach journalism at the high school if they do that in in South Carolina, or at least when I was there, coaches were required to teach something. I know that's not the case in every state, yeah. but um, so I can teach journalism or broadcasting or whatever. Yeah, and and I'll coach football, and no promises on winning, but the, the oh, we're kid, gonna win, Borky. The kids will play hard. Which is all that matters, right? It's 2022. Everybody gets a trophy anyway. We're playing great. Ha- hashtag Greyhound Fast. Let's go. If we start losing, I'll just pretend like you know we're only in it to have fun and we don't keep score because just Champions being out there is good enough. Yeah. One more message before the break on the ceasefire text line from Jeff. Guys, uh, I know in your show sometimes everybody can agree to disagree, but I know sometimes you don't agree on everything. That's why I love it. But I do disagree with the thought that you should hurry up and hire a coach just to save this year's recruiting class. If he's the right man for the job, great. If he's not, the university needs to do due diligence and make the right decision. I see what Haydad's saying, but at the same time, you want to make sure that you've got the right guy for the future. That's a good message from Jeff. That's a good point. I would think that Dr. Keenum is the kind of leader who feels he's got the right guy if he made this move. Yeah. And Jeff goes on to say, um, and Zach may turn out to be a great coach if the administration feels that he is the right man, then that's fine. All I'm saying is I don't think you should do it just for the sake of one recruiting class. I think that's a really good point. No, you, you don't make that move. Very true. To try and hold together or salvage a recruiting class. You have to think bigger picture than that. But I think we're doing more than just giving Mark Keenum the benefit of the doubt and saying, he decided this was the right way to go. 
And it could be that there were multiple reasons that he thought that. He may, one, think that immediate stability is important. Two, he may believe in Zach Arnett. And a third thing, he may look at the landscape and go, you know, this is not a time that you want to be hiring a coach for this job. And this is the best option for us right now. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi, on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Malakaliki Maka is a thing to say on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. That's the island greeting that we send to you from the land where palm trees sway. Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright. And don't forget, when we finish up with uh, Sports Talk Mississippi, you'll get more of that knucklehead Brian Haydad on thunder and lightning on the radio. I'm not sure exactly what his show prep plans look like, but uh, there is an addition to them. <laughs> Chase in the best Columbia. possible way too. It went, went from being you know it was going to be pretty somber. I thought I was going to have to rehash a lot of the leech stuff. Now I got I got news. Let's, let's yeah. get into it. So. Um, Page and Wesson. I hope the guy that has to keep Arnett off the field during the game gets a bigger contract too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the get-back guy may become important for Zach Arnett. Uh, Chase and Columbus. Good defense and good culture will win you a lot of football games. And he goes on to say, given the moment the timeline, as well as biggest fish in this year's coaching carousel having already been landed, who's the slam-dunk hire that State could have gotten where you feel better about that than Arnett. He's a bright up-and-coming coach. As we said earlier, he's coached very successfully in this league as an autonomous coach over his side of the ball, and he's already landing recruits just a few days on the job. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you know, you don't do this unless you believe in the guy, but that's a really good point, and I think when... When we mentioned earlier about speed and having to do this, that is a factor. If Mark Keenum didn't think that he was capable of doing this, well then no, of course. You disregard speed and essentially punt this year's recruiting and and portal and and just hope for the best moving forward. But uh, if you say that they shouldn't have done this and waited until after they hired an athletic director, which is weeks away, so we're into January, and then that AD comes in and then conducts a coaching search, which takes multiple days at least. So you're, you're, you're into January before you can hire a coach. Tell me who that coach is. If you're going to criticize this decision, tell me who the coach you're hiring is. Is it John Summerall? I think he'll end up being great. He has one year at Troy. So, so who are your candidates? Is it Jamie Chadwell? I mean, that's the question now. You can't just criticize without offering 
no, they shouldn't do this because this guy makes more sense. Tell me who this guy is. Yeah. I think all that's fair. That's very fair. You can join Middays with Gerard Gibbert and the Super Talk Eagle Hour this Friday when they are live at the Midtown Corner Market Food Store in Hattiesburg. Super Talk Mississippi is collecting toys and canned food items for Homes of Hope for children. All the toys and canned food will be distributed to the kids at Homes for Home uh, at Homes for Home following the event. So uh, join in making sure these kids have a Merry Christmas. Those corner market stores are incredible. But years ago, before I had seen one of them, and I heard corner market, they're doing a remote. That, that's, that's strange. And then I've met the corner market people and seen those stores. They are fantastic. be nice if those were all over the state of Mississippi. So be sure to uh, be a part of that. Homes for Hope, uh, helping out the, uh, the kids there in that part of the state of Mississippi, uh, toys and canned good donations. Also, go ahead and mark your calendar. Santa will be working around the clock this Christmas, and he'll be listening to Super Talk, a Mississippi Christmas, once again hosted by Steve Azar, returns here on Super Talk Mississippi starting December 23rd at 1 p.m. Steve will play hours and hours of Christmas classics and tunes from Mississippi artists, plus share some Christmas memories from many of his friends. And on Super Talk TV, you can enjoy the music while the Yule Log roars in the background. At that. Yeah. I like yes. that. Yeah, you got you got C Spire TV. You can tune it to the Super Talk channel there and hit the Yule log and get Azar in the background. What a great way to uh lead into Christmas. That's great. Oh yeah. We're getting a corner market here in Starkville. Are you really? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I'm excited. The, close to like your having house? extra grocery options. Uh well I mean it's in Starkville, man. Everything's close to my house. Oh yeah, I mean it's just, okay. <laughs> Everything's nothing's more than like a ten minute drive, you know. Yeah. Uh Jason and McComb says if it had not been Arnett, the person that came to mind for me was Todd Munkin, but I am happy that we kept Zach. It's from Jason in McComb. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you should be happy with Zach Arnett. And and Borky was saying a second ago, you know, if you're being critical of this decision, then who I honestly haven't seen much criticism. No, National people, really. football people have kind of all said, hey, this, this makes a lot of sense. This guy this guy deserves a shot. We'll see how it goes. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. 5 o'clock hour, college football fix, coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi. What is going on here? Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. It's about time. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
5 o'clock hour with you, Sports Talk Mississippi. I thought we were going to say what happened there. I was just letting it go well, for a, a second. That's a song, Al Green. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, 5 o'clock hour, Wednesday, the 14th of December, 11 days from Christmas. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad in the Pearl River Resort Studios, Pearl River Resort, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Which might be a great place to go fishing today. I'm not sure that today would be the day to try and play golf at Dancing Rabbit, but uh, rest assured, the sunshine will return. It will. Uh, we'll have golf weather. We'll even have some fall and some winter golf weather, and then the spring will be just around the corner. It's not too early for you to start planning that spring golf trip. You can uh, you can book it at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Plan your trip. Call the folks at Dancing Rabbit. They will be more than happy to help you with uh, with your golf outing, whether it's uh, a group of four or a group of forty. They can uh, they can take care of you at Dancing Rabbit. Visit them online, Dancing Rabbit Golf or Pearl River Resort dot com. We are coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios, and we'd love to hear from you on the Seaspire text line. 601-879-4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do, right here in Seaspire country. Check them out online, cspire.com slash business. Let's do a little college football fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Check out the F-150. 45 straight years. That's how long F-Series has been the number one selling a truck in America. That's going all the way back to 1977. Test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. Let's check in on Ole Miss football as the Rebels prepare for their bowl game which is on December 28th in Houston, playing in the Tax Act Texas Bowl uh, inside uh, NRG Stadium, which is a beautiful venue. Really, really great stadium and uh, a great setup. So, excuse me, Borky, uh, yesterday, Lane Kiffin met with the media. Give us a little bit of a rundown on some of the things that he had to say. to, to be fully transparent, not a whole lot. Uh, spoke again about Mike Leach, and I, I don't mean to speak for somebody else. You can tell he's broken up about it. I mean, truly, actually, genuinely cared about the man that was Mike Leach. It's not lip service. It, he truly did, um, and was still kind of, you know, showing that. And that's totally fine. That is not criticism. It's just that was kind of the mood that, that I got from him is he is still very much mourning uh, a loss of, of somebody that he many times over called a, a dear friend. And uh, so that um, was part of it uh, said so far that nobody has opted out uh, of the bowl game. You even got guys in the portal that, that are practicing with old Mr. Luke Altmeyer still. Uh, Jackson Dart talked about it yesterday that it, Luke was deciding whether or not to, you know, participate in the game and practice and all that and apparently they they talked and it was expressed to him that for this last game you know the team wants you to be a part of this and so he's practicing and stayed um Michael Trigg uh, was practicing so if you're an Ole Miss fan wondering what his status is wasn't kicked off the team he, uh, he was suspended for the Egg Bowl but 
by all accounts, has not only practiced, but has looked pretty good and pretty engaged in those practice settings. So that's the story right now. He did say that a couple of guys have talked to him about the possibility of doing so, but at practice, uh, no opt-outs for Ole Miss going into the Texas Bowl, which is just two weeks away. Two weeks away uh, and a few hours, three hours. Uh, So those are the key things, really beat up about losing his friend um, and no opt-outs of the bowl game, even portal guys. Some of them, anyway, still practicing. We got a message on the ceasefire text line. I had not even thought about this. Costa is back. Caden Costa, the kicker who was suspended for a year for a PED violation. Surely he's been Wally Pipped at this point, right? That kicker that Ole Miss had was really good. Well, Cruz is going to kick in this one game. year. He was a grad transfer ah. and is okay. headed to the. Uh, in a, he's testing the draft waters, I think was what his announcement said after this uh, okay. this one more game. Gotcha. So, um, Also, there is a new coach on staff. Uh, John Garrison, who was at NC State, was hired as a new offensive line coach, and he is, I mean, when you are hired to that position and there's a bowl game, it, it's not like you sit out the bowl game when you're an assistant. That, that happens when a new head coach gets a job and he kind of waits and then takes the team over in the spring. When you are hired as an assistant coach, you come in and you hit the ground running, you hit the ground rec- running recruiting and also coaching. And so John Garrison is working with the offensive line. He was at NC State. Apparently Nebraska made a run at him, and uh, he chose to come to the SEC to join Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss staff uh, as well. Um, yeah, Depending on who you believe, it's not just that Nebraska went after him. Uh, he played at Nebraska. So if that is in fact true, that they did make a run at him, he turned his alma mater down, apparently. Yeah. If, depending on what's real and what's not. but Yeah. Um, it's a significant hire, though. I mean, he had the first offensive player taken off the board, uh, Equinu, uh, in the Charles Cross draft class a couple years ago, had two offensive linemen make all ACC teams this year. Uh, so uh, a proven guy from a Power 5 school. and This was not, by design, probably not the best way to put it, but the previous offensive line coach was kind of pushed out the door. They were expecting to upgrade, and based on resume, they have. Yeah, and, and Thornton is at, uh, at Auburn now and is going to work there. And, you know, sometimes it works out for everybody. Um, One more thing kind of on the recruiting front. Um, This is a big weekend coming up. This is the last weekend before National Signing Day. Ole Miss is hosting uh, several portal guys uh, on campus this weekend. But I think the biggest news on the recruiting front from Ole Miss came when Sunterine Perkins, uh, the all-everything football player from Raleigh, who was uh, great in the state championship game, and had the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game. He finished that up, and then he came to Oxford, and there are pictures of him with Lane Kiffin and Juice Kiffin, and he reaffirmed once again his commitment to Ole Miss, and I guess you have to take him at his word, right? Yeah, I mean, otherwise an unnecessary statement, but the the money line is at this point I want to let the world know that I'm 100% locked in and 1,000% going to Ole Miss, excited for the future, can't wait to get to work. Alabama was making a heavy run uh, at him, and that's 
the, the reason why this is significant, because I, I was kind of joking uh, on, on the podcast, a, a current commit recommitting should not be news, but in this particular player's case, it is, considering how many people wanted him, Alabama making a late, late run at him, um, and the fact that um, recruiting linebackers has been an issue for Ole Miss for, since I've lived here. And this is a, a four, possibly soon-to-be five-star in-state linebacker that everybody thinks is a surefire, like instant impact type recruit, a can't-miss kind of kid in your state, and you're able to get him. It wasn't too terribly long ago that a can't-miss, surefire, instant impact linebacker from your state went elsewhere mm-hmm. and had a great career outside of this state. So that that's why it's news and that's why it's significant. Fighting off apparently Alabama to keep this kid in state is a, a big deal. Hundred percent committed and a thousand percent coming to Ole Miss. I seem to remember MJ Daniels saying something like that about Mississippi State. We'll see how it goes. You, you seem less confident, or at least still hopeful. I told people, man, nowadays hopeful is not the right word because if he goes to Alabama, what good does that do me? But at the same time. <laughs> In this day and age of recruiting, until the ink is dry on the paper, I believe nothing. Yeah. We will. Uh, is he, he stays still, away? Is he still waiting? Because wasn't there some thought that he was not going to sign in the early signing period? Is that he said that at the now? at the MSAL at the MSAL All Star Game that uh, he was going to wait until February to sign because he wanted to take an official visit to Alabama. So. I don't. I don't know if he cleared that up with with this statement or not. I guess if he if he signs on uh, next Wednesday, we'll know for sure. We'll know. That certainly would be good news for Ole Miss if he uh, does indeed go ahead and sign. We we get a message that says somebody uh, from somebody says that he moved up to the number two ranked linebacker nationally today. I don't know which recruiting service that was. Uh, he's really good. Let's talk a little Southern Miss football and basketball when we come back with you. Sports Talk Mississippi. We're glad to be with you this afternoon. Andy Staples is going to join us in about 20 minutes as well in the Pearl River Resort Studios. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi. You like this show, huh? Yeah! Super Talk Mississippi. Serious weather issues in the state of Louisiana, New Orleans, the metro area, Orleans Parish, Plaquemines Parish have uh, dealt with uh, some pretty severe tornadoes this afternoon. There is a tornado warning right now in Mississippi for Hancock and Harrison counties on the coast. Uh, That tornado warning began about 20 minutes ago. It expires about 25 minutes from right now. At 5 o'clock, a severe thunderstorm capable of producing a tornado was located seven miles east of Purlington, seven miles southwest of Waveland, and it's moving to the northeast at 40 miles per hour. So if you are in Hancock or Harrison counties on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, please be aware and uh, be uh, you know at least ready to get to your safe place if, uh, if necessary. But it's a, a thunderstorm that is capable of, Severe thunderstorm capable of producing a tornado. You've got about 20 minutes left, 25 minutes left on that tornado warning in Hancock and Harrison counties on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. 
I mentioned before the break, let's talk about Southern Miss for a second. So we got a message about Luke Altmeyer and said he visited Southern Miss, um, that somebody confirmed he was on campus earlier in the week, and, you know, don't know how that will end up, but certainly that would be an exciting addition for Will Hall and Southern Miss. When you guys think about Luke Altmeyer, and, and you remember we had, what, 62 quarterbacks that were in the portal after that first day of the, the transfer portal officially opening. What, what do you think is next for Luke? Highly decorated quarterback out of Starkville, came to Ole Miss, enrolled early, their year and a half, didn't win the starting job, started the Sugar Bowl, or excuse me, didn't start the Sugar Bowl, but replaced Matt Corral in the Sugar Bowl after his injury. Played some as a freshman, what made an appearance in the Auburn game, an appearance in the Tennessee game. Uh, played a little bit early this year. Ultimately, Jackson Dart wins the job, and Luke doesn't play the rest of the year and was able to preserve that year of eligibility because he had the red shirt available. Where do you think it ends up for Luke? I think he ends up at a, at a group of five school like Southern Miss, maybe Memphis, um, Something along those lines. I think that's where he's going to end up. Southern Miss would be a uh, if if USM could get him. That's a big that's a big get because I think he would be very successful there. Yeah. I think he's talented. I think you know he provides a lot both from the passing and the running standpoint. I think he fit really well into what Will Hall wants to do. Uh, he could be a big boost to them. You mentioned Memphis. Seth Hennigan, a two year starter at Memphis, and he's put up pretty big numbers for uh, for that program. So. I, I don't know if you go go to a spot where there's an entrenched starter. Like Coastal Carolina's now looking for a quarterback because Grayson McCall's gone. I mean, th- those kind of good spot. When you look around the Power Five, you know how many places one are looking for a quarterback and two that you would want to go to also, uh, because. It, you know, in an elementary line of thinking, well, clearly Power Five is better than a Group of Five. Generally, sure, but there are places you don't want to go play quarterback. Starting is better than sitting on the bench, is how I would look at it. That too. Um, uh, he would uh, automatically step in day one and be the most talented quarterback on Southern Miss's roster. Uh, that that would be massive for them. And if he's showing up to campus, that means there's obvious interest. Certainly, you would uh, you would think that is the case. You, you don't give courtesy visits if you're a transfer portal guy. You, you don't go to Southern Miss to just say hello and be nice and then go to more serious places for you. You don't do that. So, clearly, it's something that he's considering. And good on Southern Miss for giving that a shot. They should. We were talking hoops earlier today. Talk some about Ole Miss. They've got UCF tonight at home. Mississippi State playing Jackson State tonight in Jackson. Southern Miss doesn't play again until Sunday. They, uh, they've they got McNeese on Sunday afternoon, home game at, at Reed Green Coliseum at, at 2 o'clock. So overall, the record for Southern Miss is 10-1. and one. But in terms of the net rankings, Southern Miss is 7-1. and one. And you might say, well, why is that? And that's because three games on their schedule don't count as Division I games. So Golden Eagles played William Carey in the season opener. They played 
Loyola, Louisiana in game three of the year, and they played Mobile. So those are not Division One games, so those don't count toward the overall record. So in terms of what the net is looking at, they are 7-1, and 3-1 and one on the road, 2-0 and oh on neutral courts, 2-0 and oh in home games. They have a quad one win. Uh, I, I'm sorry, they've got a quad two win. They've got two quad three wins and four quad four wins. What does that all add up to? One of the most recent net rankings, which is through the games that were played yesterday, Southern Miss is number 19 in the country. They are the highest-ranked net team out of the Sun Belt Conference. The next closest is James Madison at 49, Marshall at 63, and Louisiana at 96. Then you got Troy at 98. So there are only five teams out of the conference that are top 100 in the net, and Southern Miss is top 20 in the net right now. Jay Ladner doing an incredible job. Again, only one loss this season. That one loss was at Northwestern State by two points. They've got a road win at Vanderbilt, beat them 60-48. to They won at Liberty. That's a good win. Winthrop traditionally is a good team, and they smoked Winthrop. Beat them 77-52. They've got a win over Montana, the Grizz, 64-54. And then wins over a couple of wins over Lamar. They played them in back-to-back games on the road and at home. I don't know how that sets up exactly from a schedule standpoint, but two wins over Lamar. Uh, both in dominating fashion. And it's been good so far for Southern Miss. Felipe Haas is leading the team, averaging 17 points a game. Austin Crowley, the Ole Miss transfer, is averaging 16 points per game, and he's playing 30 minutes a night. DeAndre Pinckney's in double figures, and Denna J. Harris is in double figures as well, both of them averaging a little better than 10 points per ball game. So, It's been good for the Golden Eagles. And I don't know if it's early enough to start looking at the possibility of postseason. Sunbelt's going to probably be a one-bid league, which means they will have to win their conference tournament. And that means they've got to put themselves in the best position they possibly can to, uh, to do that. When you look at the upcoming schedule, McNeese on Sunday... And then they go to UNLV on Thursday, December 22nd. Then they come back home a week later and start conference play. They start with Troy, then they get Appalachian State at home on on a Saturday afternoon. So two straight conference home games to begin league play in the Sun Belt for the Golden Eagles. It's good stuff for them, right? No doubt. It's crazy how good basketball has been early on. You know, you think about last year, and we were all just dreading basketball. And even this year, coming into the season, we were just we were off the air on our production calls. We we're like, oh, my gosh, I'm just not ready to talk about basketball. Basketball's fun right now. Everybody's winning. So see how far it can go. You correct me if I'm wrong. The, the Sun Belt, good baseball conference, obviously mm-hmm. good football conference. Mm-hmm. Summers didn't get much of a boost on the basketball floor, did they? No, uh, I do think it as they evolve as a conference, it will be interesting to see if they're able to grow as a basketball league. But Troy's usually a decent program. Louisiana has had some good teams through the years. It's been Southern a while Alabama for had Southern some good Miss, teams, didn't they? Who? When 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 John Pelfrey was down there, South, At Alabama. South Alabama, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, and Musselman was down there before that too, wasn't he? Am I wrong? I don't think so. Okay. I, I, I don't think Eric Musselman was at South Alabama. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, no, I'm, and, and you can got, certainly double that now because you can fact check me. Yeah. On that. He was not. He spent a, a lot of time in the NBA, obviously. Yeah. Am I thinking of? He's also the head coach of the Venezuelan national team. Eric oh, Musselman. Yeah. 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 You learn something new every day. You know, as we get closer to conference play, and it's only a couple of weeks away um, in the SEC, we'll talk more about this, but the SEC is in kind of an interesting place right now. And we'll just briefly touch on this. you got some teams that are clearly at the top in basketball. Um. Alabama's really good. Arkansas is really good, and they are going to get better as the season goes along. Tennessee's a really good basketball team. We think Auburn is pretty good. Kentucky, honestly, has underperformed, but I don't think anybody's ready to write the Wildcats off just yet. So it's kind of those five at the top. And then you got Mississippi State, who's sitting at number six in the net rankings right now. And they're undefeated, and they're going to get tested once they get into league play, but that defense has been really, really good. And then there's a group of teams in the middle of the league that you're not sure about, right? LSU, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, maybe a little Mm -hmm. disappointing. And then you got some at the bottom that are, ooh, Mandy, South Carolina, Florida, Georgia. We'll see. Andy Staples joins us next on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. It doesn't get any better than this. On Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon, middle of the week, getting closer to Christmas. Time to go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Andy Staples joins us right now. He writes at The Athletic. He is host of the Andy Staples Show. It's available uh, on podcast. You can watch it on YouTube, all of those things. Andy, always good to catch up. Thanks for uh, for a few minutes this afternoon. Um, before we get into Mike Leach stuff, need your help. You're good at this. Um Brian Haydad is taking a pre-Christmas family vacation. They are going to St. Louis, and uh, I, I feel like a, a, a recommendation on a, an eating establishment would be a good idea. Well, Pappy's Barbecue is the place that has the fabulous ribs in St. Louis, so that's that's probably one place you, you want to stop. And uh, then, you, you you know, you go up to the, the – there's an Italian section of town – uh, where they do all the toasted ravioli and, and all that. So, you know, you want to go and have some of that, too. But the uh, Pappy's Smokehouse, I believe, is the name of the, the the official name of the barbecue place. There you go. The, the Italian, that's on the hill, right? Isn't that what they, they the say? Hill, yes. I was because St. Louis is the hill, and then Providence, Rhode Island is Federal Hill. And it's both <laughs> really good Italian restaurants. <laughs> you know, it's, it's their, their kind of their Italian neighborhood. Um, and, and so I... I even though they're not anywhere near one another, you get it mixed up because the names are so similar. 
So you have written about Mike Leach this week. You have talked about him on SiriusXM. You've talked about him on on your show. He was a guy that um, had a had a zest for life and uh, turned out to be a heck of a football coach to go along with it. But when you think about Mike Leach, where do you start? It's hard for me because I, I almost feel like there's two different people. There's the person who had all these incredibly broad interests and, and was getting into all these wacky misadventures. Like uh, there's a story I, I told on the podcast that he told me one time when he was at Valdosta state, he was recruiting Jacquez green, who's a, a wide receiver. I believe he was, I, I think Quez he played quarterback in high school though, but a really good athlete out of Fort Valley, Georgia. So up, up near Macon and Quez ended up playing for Florida. So this is, this is how good of an eye Mike had for, for these guys. And, but Mike, if you look at a picture of Mike from the early 90s and the mid-90s, and then look at a picture of Vince Gill from the same period, <laughs> they look exactly alike. And so Mike goes to the Hooters in Macon while he's on the trip recruiting Jacqueline Green, <laughs> and the waitress thinks that he is Vince Gill. And, doesn't, and he just doesn't say anything. And I think he went back a couple more times. And she's convinced that she was serving Vince Gill every single time. Jeez. And he never corrected her. <laughs> exactly. Did he and ever he, break out know. in song? That would be good to know. He's like, now we're coming off tour or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, he, that's the story, one of the stories he told me. And, you know, but then you've got the, the football coach who, if you think about it, every non-triple option team at every level of football uses – parts of his offense whether the coach says they subscribe to it or not it is filtered through it is it is extremely main i mean everybody has some version of mesh everybody has some version of y stick everybody yeah and you know it's funny we, we were talking about this and and kind of his impact on the game and you know he and hal mummy it, it it's crazy when you think about inventing something right i mean when you think about true innovators you, you think about a guy like Steve Jobs. But the right. idea of creating something that didn't exist before is, it really doesn't happen all that often. And yet, how Mummy and Mike Leach together built this offense that if you talk to people who played against them in the late 80s and then through the 90s and then into the late 90s as it was evolving, they will tell you to a person, we've never seen concepts like this before at, at any level and, and would yeah. study them and still not know exactly what they were looking at. And in that, in that comparison, it's interesting because how Mummy might be the Wozniak, where hmm. he, he may have started out as, as the brains of the outfit, but had, had the original idea. Yeah. But Jobs took it further than anybody ever dreamed, and I think that's, that's what happened with Leach. Hey, all you need to know is, is look, at, look at Mummy at Kentucky after Leach left. Right. And then look at Leach. And so it, it's, it's crazy how that worked. So, yeah, you because. Know, Obviously, Hal Mummy was critically important. And if Hal Mummy, you know, look, if Mike Leach never goes to BYU as a student, then that's not on his resume when he sends it to Hal Mummy at Iowa Wesleyan. And Hal Mummy doesn't go, oh, this guy's. And it's funny because he, he hadn't coached at BYU. He didn't play at BYU, but this guy breathed the same air as Lavelle Edwards for four years. So I'll hire him. And also, well, Mummy also said, and this is perhaps my favorite part of that hiring story. He didn't think Mike had any preconceived notions about offensive line play, and that was an attractive quality. Hmm. 
I mean, it's almost kind of like the guys that, uh, you know, use the stall two doors down from Sean McVay. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He was the same, in the same together. air. We've got to capture fact, this guy. The fact that Dana Holgerson is there as a player. Like, it's just sometimes people are destined to meet. And so, that's just how it all worked with these guys. So, so it's really fascinating to me because as this past season went along, as we were talking about Mississippi State games, I mean, one of the things that Brian Haydad just beat the drum was like, run the football. Yeah, you know, I get that it's the air raid, but run the ball. I, I was doing a Houston game on, on TV earlier this year and was talking with Dana Holgerson about, you know, air raid. He's like, ah, they kicked me out of the air raid club a long time ago. He's like, you know, the, the pirate's the only one who still runs it. He, he stuck with it in its most pure form almost all the way through. I mean, there were a few exceptions, but not many. Yeah, the Arkansas game this year would have been the, the biggest exception I can think of. Well, and then uh, Ole Miss at the end. That's true. And I, I do think it's – I think that was a bit of stubbornness on his part. Because I, I remember the first time I met him in person, I went out of Key West to interview him. This was between getting fired by Texas Tech and getting hired by Washington State. And he was hosting radio shows for Sirius XM and just, you know, living, living his best life. Yeah. And we were in a bar – and I said, okay, I've always wanted to ask you this question because I, I, I played offensive line. I see your nuclear-wide line splits. Like, because they're like seven feet apart in some places. I was like, what would you do if I just took out my entire front seven and put all DBs on the field and lined up, like a, lined up a DB, not even a, like a three technique or a, a one technique or anything like that, just like straight up in the gap and just told him to run as fast as he can through that gap and hit the quarterback. And he's like, well, I just run every play. And I'm like, but would you? Hmm. Would you do it? <laughs> we, we, we have wondered similar things uh, out loud on this radio program over the last, uh, last couple of years. Um, maybe, I don't know if surprise is the right word, but I don't think it was on anybody's radar around here that Mississippi State was going to announce today that Zach Arnett was going to be the head coach. I, I certainly don't think it was a stretch to think that it was going to happen. I don't know if anybody thought it was going to happen yet. What, what do you make of that decision that uh, that the president of the university, Mark Keenum, made uh, because they also don't have an athletics director right now? Yeah, I was going to say, as a longtime Bracky Brett fan, I, I kind of hope it means that Bracky's getting a job. But, <laughs> you know, I, I know that Jared Binko, who, who's at Georgia Southern now, would be a candidate for that job. And so I, I do wonder how much of it is, is just continuity. And I'm curious what Zach thinks about offensive philosophy long-term, because the thing that, that I thought, you know, and a lot of, so many things stink about all of this. I mean, yeah. Sharon loses her husband, their, their kids lose their father, their grandkids lose their grandfather, and, and you know, the, the college football world is robbed of the joy that would have been a retired Mike Leach holding forth on everything. But another thing that stinks is with any coaching change, you have upheaval and, and philosophical changes that, that cause the roster to get shaken up. And so I, I was hopeful and, and remain hopeful that this means that Zach Arnett maybe keeps the same offensive philosophy and just hires someone to run it that way or, or promote someone on the staff to continue running it this way. And, and obviously we've seen the air raid is, is pretty malleable. Like you can work with this foundation and do different things. You look at Lincoln Riley, 
he added power to the air raid. And, yeah. you know, they run the ball a ton at USC. But it's, the foundation is the same. Uh, Dana Holgerson jokes that he's kicked out of the air raid, but that doesn't mean the foundation of his offense isn't the same offense. He just likes to run the ball more. He likes to use the tight end more often. So you can build off what this is. It doesn't have to be a complete roster flip on that side of the ball. And I hope it's not because I just don't want to see any more upheaval because of this than there has to be. And it makes you wonder if a guy like Seth Luttrell, who's no longer at North Texas, but is an air raid guy, might exactly. might make sense. Uh, I know Cole Kubelik earlier today wondered out loud about Chris Hatcher, who's at Samford and, and yep. is an air raid exactly. guy. So. That's a, yeah, Hatch, Hatch is one that was, was a hot name for, for potential bigger head coaching jobs for a long, long time, and then it sort of it fizzled out, and then he yeah. wound up you know becoming a very good head coach at, at Samford. But let's be honest, an SEC coordinator job pays a heck of a lot more than head coach at Sanford. No question about that. Andy, the time is always too short. Appreciate you jumping on with us and uh, sharing some of your Mike Leach stories, and I uh, look forward to catching up with you soon. All right, thanks so much. Andy Staples from The Athletic and The Andy Staples Show and SiriusXM does a great job. He's one of the really good guys in the uh, college football media world. We'll take a time out. More coming up with you right after this. You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. Now I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Have a holly jolly Christmas, and when you walk down the street, say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet. Oh, the mistletoe. Welcome back one last time on this Wednesday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi. Don't forget that you've got thunder and lightning on the radio coming up in just a few minutes. Brian Haydad will take you through the six o'clock hour. Talking all things Mississippi State, would imagine it will be a mix of remembrance and perhaps some basketball mixed in. And uh, there is a new head football coach at yeah. Mississippi State officially. Some, some recruiting, we got a lot to talk about on, uh, on Thunder Line. Hey Borky, what do I got to do to get Blue Christmas? I mean, every every day I sit here, you play the Christmas music. What do I got to do to get the greatest Christmas song? I'm there is, in here. Blue Christmas. All right, make it happen. We'll do it when Richard's not here. Well, you will have Who's that opportunity for the break. next two days. I will uh, I will be out the next couple of days, and then Hey Dad will be out most of Early next Christmas week. gift. All of next week? All of next week. I will be back uh, after Christmas. I don't have to see you again until after Christmas? Yeah! Well, now I'm going to FaceTime you every day. You so should do that. FaceTime uh, me in the morning. Yeah, you, uh, you you should do that. Um, I'm having ribs for breakfast, Richard. Did Did you like Andy's uh, restaurant suggestions? I did. And I texted him. I said thank you because I checked his 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 guide that he put out a few years ago, and he only had Columbia, Missouri on there. So clutch by you coming through with that question. Good job. Yeah. Uh, Jamie in Oxford says that Emo's I M O apostrophe yes is the best pizza in St. Louis. Original St. Louis style pizza. I like the thin. 
So. Do you? I'm a thin yeah. crust kind of guy. Yeah. I'm I'm not a Chicago deep dish pizza. Yeah. It's not pizza. It's like it's casserole. A casserole. casserole. Yeah. That's like if if I want to eat bread, I'll eat bread. I want to eat pizza. I mean, it, you order from one of these places. We had a Chicago style pizza place where I grew up, and it took them an hour to make it. So if you're going to eat there and you ordered when you got there, you had to wait an hour for it to come out. Don't go hungry. We have a place here in Starville that does it, and it's it's good. I, I, I like I like it, but yeah, you got to get some appetizers and be willing to hang out and drink some beer for a little while while you wait on the pie. That's how they yeah. get you. Yeah, maybe it's, it's a, a good you. business. It's a three hundred percent markup on the beer and a thirty percent markup on the pizza. Hmm. I, uh, I hear what you're saying. I, I think that probably makes some sense. Here is your slate of basketball games for tonight involving SEC teams. South Carolina and UAB. That game is in Birmingham, and it is on CBS Sports Network, and it is about to tip off. So that's uh, Andy Kennedy's team trying to get a win over South Carolina. Ohio is at Florida. Actually, that's a neutral venue game. I don't even know where they're playing that. But it's on ESPN2. Mississippi State and Jackson State is on the SEC Network Plus. UCF and Ole Miss is SEC Network Plus. Both of those games tip off at 6.30 Central Time. And at 7, you've got Georgia State at Auburn also on SEC Network Plus. So kind of a light slate of games tonight. Yeah, we got two here, though. Yeah, absolutely. Busy Saturday coming up. There's some fun games uh, on Saturday. Missouri UCF, Alabama, and Gonzaga. Ooh. East Carolina, South Carolina. Nichols and Mississippi State's on the SEC Network. Temple and Ole Miss on SEC Network. UCLA, Kentucky on CBS. Uh, A&M and Memphis. Memphis is doing like the SEC schedule early. They beat Ole Miss, they beat Auburn, they lost last night to Alabama. I think they lost by three, I think that was the final. And uh, they got Texas A&M coming up. Tennessee and Arizona. By the way, did you guys see that um, Sean Miller was exonerated? The the IARP committee found that he was promoting an atmosphere of compliance in his time at Arizona. So if you're wondering if LSU is going to get anything for... The wiretap. Forget about it. Forget about it. I mean, this is the same NCAA that stripped Mary Harden Baylor of a national championship because their coach. This is the vi- the violation. It was their coach. It was a Subaru, let wasn't it? A, let one of his current players borrow his 2006 Subaru. That had like 230 thousand miles on it. Cost him a <laughs> national championship. Yeah. Yeah, so the less power they have, the better. This is honestly, this is a good thing because it means they don't have any power, which means they can't screw anything up. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. If you still have Christmas shopping to do, check out genteelapparel.com. They can ship to you golf shirts, pullovers. You can check out the collegiate collection, see all that they've got to offer 
outerwear, pants, shorts, the whole deal. Genteelapparel.com. Also brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. Find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Holly Jolly Holidays through January 2nd. You can still hit that ice skating rink. Get all of the information on their website at visitoxfordms.com. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad, I'm Richard Cross, Thunder and Lightning, on the radio, coming up next. Good night from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.